Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. And um, so today is another repeat, I was gonna say repeat offender, repeat, um, she's definitely not an offender, um, a repeat guest. So um, I chat with Jilly Bowles. Now Jilly was my actual first ever interview I did on the podcast I think it was episode 10 and it was a bit of a disaster it ended up like losing internet connection halfway through and then I didn't have anyone to edit at the time and I didn't know how so I uploaded the podcast in two parts so the, go back and check out episode 10 even though it's very unprofessional on my part how it's put together it's such a valuable conversation so this is a part two and and um, so we went a little bit more specific in this episode like our first ep- first chat was very kind of general about a lot of stuff because i know we're general enough we we covered lots of topics today and um, but jilly is a yoga teacher she is a fantastic yoga teacher in the greystones area in county wicklow um but she's just also an all-around fabulous person and um you'll you'll feel her energy through this conversation um and i can tell you that in person it's even stronger and she is just fantastic so today we talk about we talk a lot about confidence and body positivity and in relation to you know going to yoga classes going to the gym making changes in our lives but even as personal trainers or yoga teachers letting go of what we think we should look like or what we think we should be able to do so um just talking a little bit around that and we talk about perfectionism and comparison and how we we always say comparison is the thief of joy but perfectionism is also the thief of joy and so we talk a bit around that and how we need to kind of let go of trying to be perfect and how we actually become less relatable as human beings if we're trying to be perfect all the time and um just kind of surrendering to our true self and how it's actually magic really we talk then a lot about the chakras she blew my mind with um, some facts she had about that as well that I didn't know and um, so not just going through what where the chakras are or what they do or whatever talk, she talks a little bit about the development of the chakras and the healing of them as well which is was really fascinating to listen to we talk then about raising our own energy or like our own vibration how we can you know if we're in a place where we're feeling quite stuck quite negative what can we do to actually just raise our energy and to try and move forward in life in a more positive way, I suppose. Um, and then she t- we finish off talking a bit about the eight limbs of yoga um, and the yoga sutras. So like talking about yoga as a way of life and it's not just an exercise that you do on the mat, that it's so much more than that. So um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I could talk to Jilly all day. We'll probably eventually have her on for part three because, you know, um, and I think to be honest, anything we have spoken about was probably me, as, as I say in the um the episode, I feel like I'm turning into a bit of a witch sometimes and I love it. Um, no, but enjoy the episode and um, I'll see you on the next one. Jilly, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. It's so lovely to be here and it's so lovely to see your beautiful face and be talking to you this morning. Thank you so much. Oh, the, do you know what it feels like such a full circle moment because you were actually my first ever interviewee on the podcast and remember I, w- I remember um when I was getting ready to interview I was so nervous because I didn't know if I would like be able to hold my train of thought and remember what I wanted to say next and then in the middle of it didn't we lose internet and because I know that our if, if people go back far enough enough in the podcast which is probably episode seven or eight or ten or something it's in two parts because I didn't have anyone to edit the podcast now. I have lovely Nicole editing it now. But back then I was like, I don't know how to merge these. So it was like part one, part two. <laughs> oh God, I'd be like that as well. That feels like, it, in a weird way, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But it was, like it was a while ago. It was over a year ago. I'd say it was the end of last, no, it was probably, yeah, this time last year. Yeah, which is crazy and so much has kind of changed and we've yeah. both gone on our own like little journey since then and when you mailed me to come back I was like oh gosh okay <laughs> oh, no, and it's fantastic to be able to talk to you because since um I've been talking to you last so uh, last year you would have been still working away part-time and working on your business your yoga business part-time and now you have stepped taken a step forward and you're doing it full-time yourself 
Yes, my God. So since the 1st of August, I am gone full time with the yoga. So I said that I'd always wonder if it was something that I'd be able to do. And there's no better time than now to give it a go. And initially, that particular time of year in August within the kind of yoga industry is a little bit quiet. But I just said, if I leave it till it gets into the busier winter season, I'll push it out and I'll push it out. So try now and just see how it goes. And so far, so good. I am forever grateful to Claire and the Fat Fox for allowing me to slowly taper back my hours. Because with that space, it allowed me to get to a point where I was finally able to kind of jump, uh, jump ship and and move <laughs> yeah so with you making that jump in August and it's funny because we made it all, both at the same time like I had been obviously I'd made the jump from teaching but even so like I'm still on career break with teaching I haven't made that big jump yet but I had I'd finished up in go gym and I was I was going on holidays and when I came back I was starting um into this full-time myself now since then I had a little bit of a wobbly with my confidence and I was like no do you know what I miss go gym I want to I want to be there once a week so that's what I'm doing now um at the minute I'm back there once a week and it just feels good for me but like you're such an inspiration I'm, I'm watching you and I'm like she's doing amazing and your classes are so busy and um yeah no it's brilliant it's so lovely and you know I totally understand I know we were speaking about that during the week and the social side is one thing that I know that I, I didn't really realize until I went on my own and I was like gosh I'm kind of other than my classes which are such a beautiful little social outlet I'm working on my own most of the time and I'd go back up to the fat fox every now and again to work just to have that social side and I know we mentioned that during the week that you could miss that and the one day in go gym gives you that like connection again and then you know that you have your own whole business there that you're running so well but that gives you the boost and the connection so you're not maybe as lonely or sometimes with the extra time you can get a little bit more in your head so I try to get out and do bits of work in like the library in my old job and just to kind of see people sporadically to kind of make to, to force people to be your colleagues <laughs> but it's interesting because I genuinely didn't think that I would miss that I thought because I work online and you know I would be doing check-ins now I don't I, I and I do zoom calls with my group and you know my check-ins would be done through whatsapp voice note most of the time but I thought because I'm interacting with a lot of people all week that you know I was like that that'll be enough and then obviously my house is so busy with Dave and the kids and you know um but there was something that yeah I missed that yeah like the actual in-person human connection of having a laugh as well where it's not just talking to someone um in relation to you know their goals or their check-in or you know even like just being able to have like you just to have a laugh and um I kind of that's what I get from go gym which is amazing and also then getting to coach people in person and like the thing is with gym classes so I'm doing my my own class once a week um again as well and the difference I suppose the difference with gym classes to yoga classes is you can be chatting and having a laugh in the middle of it whereas yeah with yoga classes you don't get you get that little bit of chit chat but I know like when I come out of yoga class I'm like a little bit zonked and I'm not kind of in chat form so you're probably like hey everyone and everyone's like I know it is it's that little interaction you have at the start of class and then I try throughout the class like I'd be someone who would be like a little bit wobbly I mix up my lefts and my rights and I might stumble a little bit and that's where you get like little bits of connection kind of through the class or when you check in with people through the class but as a whole it's kind of a journey that you're opening up for people to go inward so it's more so giving people the space to just connect with themselves then allow it not not I suppose not allowing but naturally having as much chat kind of throughout the class it's a much more kind of 
introspective practice but I do love sometimes when you have people in the class that have the giggles and they mightn't be people that are super comfortable with silence and they'll come with their friend and you can hear the two of them having a little bit of a giggle and a chuckle down the back of class and I love that because it brings like a little bit of life back into a more kind of somber-ish setting um, but I know if you were one to practice vinyasa there'd be a lot more movement and maybe possibly a little bit more interaction in those faster classes yeah so yeah that's it like it there's so many different types of yoga classes as well and I kind of like that there's like you know I think it's important to remember that it's supposed to be fun and yes you're connecting with yourself and sometimes that can feel quite overwhelming and you know you can get quite emotional and um but there's it's also important to have a lightness to it as well absolutely a hundred percent I think for many years different elements of yoga would have been quite strict and very much so focused around alignment and poses looking a particular way. And I think over the last kind of maybe 10 years, 15 years, there's a little bit more flexibility in how the the poses or the asanas are meant to look and that allows people to settle into it a little bit more and to not feel like they have to be perfect to come in or they have to be able to touch their toes or bring their legs up about above their head and it's no longer as much about that but there is still lovely facets of yoga that do stay within that kind of more linear Uh, traditional route so you can find practices if that's what you're looking for where you're really looking for the alignment the poses to progress along but there's a lot more opportunities now to make it a little bit more open and accessible to everybody which is what yoga is all about yeah no I love that and I um because I was going to kind of ask you about that later on but I think we'll dive into that now just yeah in relation to I suppose yeah inclusivity and um body positivity and not having to be too flexible or too you know your body doesn't have to look a certain way you can be bigger smaller you know have injuries you know all like there's yoga for everyone am I right yeah absolutely there was a beautiful trend going around on Instagram there a while ago and it was this little reel and it said if you have a body, you have a yoga body. And I loved that because that is at its essence so true. If you have a body, if you are alive right now, you can do yoga in some form. And it doesn't have to be the big, beautiful poses that are so elegant that you see sometimes online. Yoga can literally be sitting on a chair and just mindfully moving the body. And there's no perfect vision of someone who can do yoga so I'd love for people to come to class and to come away feeling a little bit more grounded and appreciative for the body that they have and all the lovely movements that your body allows you to make to whatever extent that might be um, I know even for myself as a teacher, I am not flexible at all. I'm as stiff as a board and there's so many times that I can't touch my toes or I myself can't even fully go into some of the, uh, the poses that I teach. But that's OK. I've just learned to not let that get in the way of me teaching. And if I can't teach a particular pose I can vocally teach it that will allow someone who might be able to do it even more advanced than me to still go to a level and a place that they want to in the class and but you don't need to have everything all together to start something to join something it's just the want to do it is enough and that allows you to be so welcome in any space yeah no I think you made a really good point there about the coach because I think um a lot of any coaches listening, you know, whether they're personal trainers or, you know, um, sports coaches or yoga teachers um, think that there's a level that they need to be at for them to be credible. But I know in personal trainer land and actually anyone who's just listening, who's ever had a personal trainer or thinking about getting a personal trainer, the way someone looks does not or, you know, moves does not mean that they are a good coach because coaching is about communication. It's about listening. It's about critical thinking and, you know, figuring and being solution orientated to try and help your person reach their goals. So um, 
quite often actually and I'm generalizing obviously someone who is in incredible shape um, and has never had any struggles is particularly sporty or particularly flexible or particularly strong or particularly ripped whatever they um they tend to not really know the struggles of the ordinary yeah which which is so important to be able to communicate now saying that that doesn't mean that someone who hasn't struggled that way can't learn the struggles of the ordinary and I'm saying the ordinary I'm talking about myself yourself most of us you know um, and I think with coaches as well it's like you know us kind of ordinary level coaches sorry that's, that's terrible it makes us sound ordinary level we're fantastic of course but um you if you think about the elite coaches like Olympic coaches or, you know, gymnastics coaches or whatever, um, they don't need to be able, they're not able, they're not at the same level as the people that they're coaching. If they were, they'd be competing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's not about being the best when you're coaching. It's about being able to bring the best out in your clients, I suppose. Yes. That's such a wonderful thing. It's so true. And it makes you so approachable as well. And it takes away that scary um, kind of leveling system that you might see. Because um, I know sometimes you might go to classes or you might go into like um maybe like a gym class or anything and you might see that there's someone who's very much so senior that's the coach and there's very much so people that are coming in at a different level but the, there's it's a lovely to have that balance where the coach has been where the people coming in have been or the teacher the yoga teacher has been where the people coming in have been so I'm always uh, going to other people's classes I'm still so much a student I'm still so much learning and um, as I go and I know yourself you mentioned that you have a coach for you so you're still within the realm of learning from someone and that always keeps that connection open with the people coming into you because you're the same as them in your life because you have someone that you go to too yeah I think when you get to the stage where you think that you know it all or that you've stopped learning some you've gone wrong something's gone wrong along the way because I think we're always learning and um I think that's what I find so exciting now about being in the fitness industry like I feel like there's always more to learn um, and it excites me probably because I'm so interested in it, like in education, like I'm sure there was always there's always more to be learning in education, but it didn't excite me. I wasn't as motivated to go and do like a CPD course and, you know, develop my profession further. Whereas now I'm like, oh, what will I do? Now? You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm still getting through my postnatal course. And then I'm like, oh, I think I need to do a course on menopause. And, you know, and I'm like, what else can I learn? You know, I'm kind of dabbling in a little bit of kind of bodybuilding style training. Now I'm not going to become a bodybuilder or anything, but the style of training to, that, that I'm doing with my new coach now. And um, it's just so exciting to learn different kind of methods. But in relation to the approachability of the coach, though, like I love that when I come into your class and, you know, then we're, if we're doing like tree pose and you're like, oh, don't worry about any wobbles. And then like, you know, you wobble yourself. And I'm like, that's brilliant because it makes everyone feel comfortable to come in and perform at their own level. Yeah. And it's so true because if we're wobbling or if we're like tapping back into that balance it's so natural to wobble and it's just your body trying to learn something new and I feel like if we're ever in a position in life where our bodies or our minds are allowed to learn something new that's such a lovely thing and the wobbles are just allowing us to tap back into our inner child and we're finding balance in the body balance in the mind and that's never a linear path so there'll always be wobbles and to just look to your left look to your right and every body is making their own beautiful shapes and there is no perfect form within the class even myself as a teacher I'd say at least once or twice a class I wobble or I use the wall to keep me steady or I might mix up my lefts and my rights and that's human that's what everybody would do at some point during their day and I think that makes it a little bit more kind of maybe approachable or a little bit softer of an environment I feel like the energy in the room is always just quite loving and even though everybody might know everybody I think everyone appreciates that the other the other people are there and it's a safe little environment for for mostly women at the moment to come into every day and again there's a guy and I'm like welcome <laughs> you're like bring more 
for the guys in. But, uh, it, but I think that energy, and you're very right, like in your yoga classes, and I've been to, you know, I've been to plenty of your different timed ones, you know, uh, over the past year or two. But um, there is that lovely energy that really kind of, there's a calm, loving, welcoming energy. and But that very much comes from you. Um, because your energy is so strong and it so it's literally like as soon as you walk in it's like oh you kind of just kind of melt into that energy which I think collectively just makes it like it's a really really special energy in the room um which is so lovely um and I think it's really important as well to say don't wait to be perfect to try something so if you want to do yoga or you want to go to the gym or you want to go to some sort of class or whatever your goals are like the amount of people that I've heard that like oh I'm going to wait till I lose a stone and then I'll go to a gym class or I'm going to wait until I, yeah, till I get a bit fitter before I start running or, you know, whatever it is that they want to do. And I think don't wait to be perfect. Yeah. Start where you are. And the greatest thing about starting exactly where you are, you're going to notice progress way quicker as well. And you're going to get to enjoy the progress. And it's all about starting where you are. And the thing is, anyone who's anyway good at anything have done it by just repetition. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. There's always that what if, and especially in the kind of more wellness industry, like yourself in the gym or in a yoga studio, you feel like you have to look a certain way or to wear those beautiful gym sets. And in order to wear them, you have to be a certain size to wear them. And yet don't at all. It's just coming with that confidence from within. And I know for myself, I've definitely struggled with that over the years. And even within maybe the yoga industry as a whole, there's so many absolutely amazing, incredible teachers that are of all shapes and sizes but I know when I first started I had myself kind of set within that algorithm of comparison online where a lot of people I looked up to were just beautifully small and petite and I wasn't that and I at the time I put on a little bit of weight which is healthy to do so we fluctuate in our lives but I, at the time I started teaching, had to get a coach, an accountability coach to say to me, you're going to start a class, your first class this day, and I'm going to mail you a few times a week until you have that class set up. And I I genuinely believe if it wasn't for that lady, her name was Deborah, I wouldn't have started because I was so self-critical at that time that I would, I was really like, I need to just change myself a little bit before I start but I needed a little bit of help from someone to just get me to do it. So she was there and any chance I can, I speak about her. She's just an incredible lady. Her name's Deborah Powell and she's just beautiful. But we just had one coaching call and that was the accountability person I needed. So maybe if it was you starting a yoga class or wanting to start the gym, you could have like accountability buddy and it could be your friend that comes with you and make sure that you go just if you feel like you're not in a hundred percent of that of your confidence and the chances of you maybe not doing it and shying away might be a little higher that's when it's okay to ask for a little bit of support to get you going from where you are yeah that's amazing um and I think people are sick of um like they're sick of this perfectionism online I think you know like what you're saying about wanting to oh I need to change myself a bit before I can put myself out there it's funny that like I kind of felt the same when I started posting on social media so when I first became a coach I wouldn't talk to camera I wouldn't you know um, and now I'm like constantly talking to camera people are like how do you do it I'm like I kind of nearly more comfortable doing it than I'm talking to an actual person which is probably not healthy either <laughs> um the I'm losing my train of thought oh yeah so like what like the insecurities I have had in myself that I think I thought I needed to change are what are what actually draws people to me. So, you know, you're never, I think the first thing you need to do is realize that you're ne- not everyone's going to like you. And I think that's something that we should probably teach our kids a lot younger because as a child and a young person growing up, I always wanted to please everyone. I wanted to be liked by everyone and I didn't like if someone didn't like me. So I think like we need to be comfortable with people not liking us because you're never especially as you put yourself out there you're never go like you're never going to like uh, not everyone's going to like you and that's okay because you can really really connect with some people 
if you're just 100% yourself. And it literally has taken me to my mid 30s to 100% be myself. And as I do, it's amazing. The people that are drawn, like, you know, the people that I end up connecting with, you know, online or in person. Like, I think it's really important for us to really start accepting ourselves. And like, it's amazing. It's magic, really. It is. I totally resonate with that with you, that the older that I've gotten and now that I'm in my like 30s, middle 30s, I I find that I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with myself and understanding as well that I'm maybe not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Um, it's interesting you mentioned as well, just as you kind of grow in your age, that that kind of settles in the mind and you try to be a little bit softer with yourself I was doing a little meditation call last night and the guided meditation we did was just about realigning all the chakras in the body and we started at the first chakra your root chakra and a lot of people don't know that if you're into the kind of energy work they develop at different ages so your first one develops from the ages of one to seven your second one develops from eight onwards and they develop the whole way up to your crown chakra kind of starts in and around the ages of your late 30s into 40s and that's when you're you're most connected to kind of your spiritual self you know yourself the most and I thought that 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 is so true as you work up you get more connected to who you are and then subsequently if you're working maybe in the wellness field you get more connected to maybe people who are more like you or looking for your guidance a little bit more or your help a little bit more you're after blowing my mind I did not know that about the chakras and I like I love learning about the chakras like and I you know and even just foods to to energize them and you know like there's so like we could spend a whole podcast talking about the chakras but I didn't know that it they developed by age that makes so much sense but it also makes sense when you look at like childhood trauma and how people end up being you know like needing therapy or you know encountering issues down the line like if their root chakra like you know if their safety is taken away the root chakra obviously is um related to safety and grounding isn't it and absolutely security so if something happens in childhood that chakra is not going to be fully developed or it's going to be blocked or whatever so then as the other ones start to develop or you know i'm just using the root as an example like you know but if one of them's off balance that's what's makes us off balance like absolutely so your root one would be the from when you're in the womb up until the age of like eight so they say that that particular chakra and time is all around kind of surrender because you're fully reliant on your parents you are new to the world your concept of the world is so small and so there's a huge reliance on the environment that you come into so if anything happens within that time it can have a huge impact and if blockages kind of occur down there then it can affect the channels the whole way up so it's a really interesting thing all around the kind of chakras and I think the energy healing and Reiki and things like that that's kind of coming to the forefront a little bit more the somatic healing which would be body mind therapy as opposed to your talk therapy would be mind body so it's, they're connecting a different way but it's really interesting stuff yeah and I tried actually I tried Reiki for the first time um well the first time a few months back with um a lovely girl called Mairead Keenan um Callie Rise healing so I did one session with her and then I went with uh, my friend Nicola there recently has just opened a Reiki studio in Bray Bray Reiki and um I went to her there recently and I I don't know I think I was in a like when I went to Mairead I was in a much better place energetic like and yeah energy wise I was in a much better place so it just kind of helped to make things flow but whereas I was feeling a bit stuck when I went to Nicola and oh my god like the the energy I could feel moving around my body like was and like the emotions that came up I was like what is this witchcraft (laughs) (laughs) I was like I was slagging her I was like this is witchcraft and but it was amazing um and yeah like there's just seems to be so much more of that now but it, it makes so much sense that you know people are are learning more about the chakras and they're like okay there are serious blockages here that I need to work through and yeah it's just it's not can we talk a little bit like I obviously don't want to take over the whole podcast but we talked about the, the root chakra which is 
at the base of your spine, am I right? Red is the colour. Uh, so red is the colour. Then you move up to your sacral chakra. So that is just a little bit up, a little bit kind of below the navel, as far as I know. Then we have your solar plexus, which, which is yellow. That's just in the kind of your tummy where you have that fire in your belly. You have your heart chakra, your throat chakra, your third eye and your crown chakra. So the energy when you're doing your Reiki is being directed in through the crown chakra. So that is like your first kind of port of call and it works its way down the body. So if you have any blockages, say, for example, if you happen to have a blockage in your throat, if they felt that there was no movement kind of moving past there, subsequently over time, you might realize that the channels below aren't flowing as well because the blockage is up high in the body so the energy isn't coming down towards the heart the belly down towards that like hip area in particular for women where we hold an awful lot of trauma so areas with the throat could be that you might be having a little bit of like trouble speaking your voice standing up for yourself standing up for what you believe in and there's like a restriction around that area See, there's ways that you can kind of yourself at home, maybe tap into opening that channel back up. But Reiki in general is it's lovely that you have the front plane of your body. So you'd get a reading on the front and that would be the energies that you're putting out to the world. So it might be that your throat chakra is open for speaking out to the world and you've no problem communicating. But you do a reading normally, you could turn someone over, do a reading on the back of their body. And that is the kind of implication of that chakra internally. So say, for example, your self-talk might be quite negative. So the reading on the back might be closed and the reading on the front might be moving more freely. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, and it's true because like when you think about what we actually put out there isn't always what's going on inside. And, you know, some of the kindest, most helpful people in the world can have a really serious inner struggle going on as well so that that's makes so much sense but I also love what you said about Reiki I know people can't see me when I'm doing this but Reiki that coming in so your crown chakra is at the top of your head for anyone listening that the energy is being put in like they're working the energy into your system through your crown chakra at the top of your head down through your body and like you said if there's a blockage in one of the chakras on the way down it kind of needs to be worked on to try and get everything flowing but when you're developing as a young person it start. it's from the bottom up yeah 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 so it starts with your root which at the base of your spine your um sacral chakras they're kind of near your your like your ovaries let's say if you're a woman am I right kind of yeah, in that direction just below the kind of belly button area so kind of yeah the... kind of near your sex glands yes, basically yeah 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 and um, well I'll say what I love as well is that they're literally the colors of of the rainbow I know red orange yellow green blue indigo violet and then when you're fully aligned it's a white light yes yeah it is. it's all connected to the universe like it just it blows my mind when the, i love when science and um spirituality starts to connect because i'm like it's all the same thing i know it's lovely i tend to know i'm a devil for mixing up the lower chakras and their exact placements i always have like a little booklet i need to have them concreted in my mind but it is that beautiful like kind of white light that shines around the body so if you were talking about the energetic body you have like every living organism or everything has an aura around it and that particular aura is just an energy that radiates out from the body so it's roughly about three feet from the body we have that energetic field and there are people who can see that. So if you were to sit in a room with someone and they were to focus solely on you over the course of time, certain people are kind of attuned in a way that they can see that around people. But it's a lovely kind of idea that, say, if you were to go outside, that you draw a little kind of circle around yourself, fingertips at the top of the head, and just allow a little circle to draw around your body to just say that, like, I protect my aura from any negative energies as I step outside my house today, or something like that. 
because I think all of us may have felt at some time if we meet someone and maybe someone is just a little bit off and they come into our personal space they'll like distort that little aura or energy if we want to speak of energies and just to protect that little bubble that we have around ourselves because everything is energy and every single thing is and even if we were to talk of if someone god forbid now if when they pass away you may have been in the presence of someone who was no longer here and you might sense that there isn't energy within that physical body anymore that that energy has left and dissipated somewhere else but it hasn't gone anywhere like we can feel that person around us still in different places different parts of our life you can't get rid of energy once it's in the world in the in the kind of the universe I guess it doesn't go anywhere it just moves around yeah it can't be created or destroyed it just changes form and I think as well in relation to you know if, if anyone is like I'm feeling particularly negative I'm not in a good space my energy isn't good I'm one of the people that you want to protect from and it's really important to remember like you said everything is energy including our thoughts yeah so your thoughts are energy so what so what you're thinking is going to affect how you feel which is going to affect the energy flow through your body and what other people are going to feel and that doesn't mean that you have to think wonderfully all the time that's not realistic but if you're having you know constant negative thoughts um adapting techniques and like there's loads of different ways to do it and um, to start reframing to a little bit more positivity can um just help to just raise your energy levels your vibration a bit absolutely there's a, a little bit I'm going to speak about in our class on Sunday and it's to do with something called energy entrainment and essentially what that is is that the the energy is what as human beings we will entrain or attach to the strongest energy that is around us so to to speak into what you mentioned there that if we're around someone or if we ourselves are a little bit negative chances are within a few minutes the person that is closest to us will begin to lower in their vibration so they're going to try their bodies naturally will lower to connect to the higher vibration in the room so the stronger vibration in that case might be the more negative person because they're just like leaving out that negative energy and the same would go for if you were to meet someone who was like so excited and they were like maybe you were going to go to like a, um, a concert or if they're going on holidays and they were just like pumped within a few minutes even if your vibration was quite low that is without a doubt the stronger one and eventually you'll pick up to meet them where they're at to kind of go come on to that same energetic kind of frequency so it's really interesting that that can happen and it does happen as well and I think it's important to realize as well that it doesn't mean that you're shutting off anyone who's go who needs help you know if anything you know you're just you're feeding your own positive energy you know when like we're all going to ups and downs in life if you're in a good place in life and you're doing things that make you feel good and you feel good and there's someone close to you, someone that you care about. It doesn't mean you have to help everyone, but um, that needs a hand up. Like that's that's. But your energy should be strong enough to should be the stronger energy in the room, so that they can feel better by being around you. Because we've all been around people like that, where it's literally like I want to be around this person more because they make me feel good. Yeah, by just being. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and a hundred percent. What you say so true. Like everyone has their ups and downs, and you're always to help if you can if someone is feeling a little bit blue but it's that protective measure that you're there to help but you're also able to stay in touch with yourself enough to allow your own little energy to stay connected and protected and to then once your cup is full you can spill out and give that to someone else when you have that within yourself yeah no 100% and I want to just talk a little bit now in a second about um, I'm just saying it out loud so I don't forget um, about what we can do to actually raise our energy and you know make our thoughts a little bit better and you know just like yeah raise our vibration I'd say but in relation to that really strong feeling right you know that you're saying when you can feel people's energy and you know it's uh, it raises yours I tell you where I really notice this I notice it in places like Glendalough or 
Dingle. Um, and like I've just used Glendalough and Dingle as examples. And to know what it is, it's because most people in Glendalough or most people in Dingle are on holidays. Yeah. So they're happy. They're excited to be there. Everyone's relaxed. It's, you know what I mean? You don't see as many people rushing around stressed trying to get to the office or, you know, like obviously I'm generalizing, but I think that the positive energy in tourist places like that, um, it just overpowers it's, it's overpowering. I can feel it when I go, like I often go up to Glendalough walking because I feel like I'm on holidays when I'm there. And obviously when I'm in Dingle, I am on holidays. So that's different. But, <laughs> you know, using that as an example, um, I try to think of any more local spots where it feels like that. I think it feels like that in Greystones when you go down by the cove, yeah. you know, and, and the little coffee shop there and everything, because everyone's there to kind of just escape for a little while. And that. Yeah, it's, isn't it amazing that like in a place where there's collectively a lot of people on holidays, I just think it's, you really do feel it. You do. And that's such a lovely thing. It's like that collective community aspect or like that yeah. collective kind of consciousness. It's so nice. And especially Glendalough, like you could touch on that in a sense of saying that you could be even in Glendalough and you could be completely on your own and you can feel a sense of calm. And you kind of connect to that overall greater energy of the natural world or the nature. And in that sense, that would be the stronger energy that you just find yourself very gently drifting into. And there's a calmness that can come over you, even if you're not around other people. So it can be in that sense as well. But it's so lovely to have that and those places are so important. And I totally get you about Dingle. Dingle's great. Yeah, but it's literally like everyone's there like, whoa, I'm in Dingle. (laughs) So lovely. It really is. But that's such an important thing is community. And I think nowadays, especially coming out of COVID, thank God now I know we're a good bit of ways away from the, the kind of more isolated times. But the isolated times maybe led us into depending on our phones a little bit more for connection. And I think there's still a lot of us, myself included, that use my phone a little bit too much for a kind of false connection. And you can get really drawn into the phone and in particular, everything that's going on in the moment in the world, which is there's just so much sadness going on that to sometimes take a break away from that, to protect yourself from it and to just reconnect within those places that you do feel that actual like energetic, love, loving, caring, safe safety so whether it's like the cove or just to go outside and reconnect to the world that you're actually in and the place that you're actually in do you know yeah and I think that like it's funny no matter who I talk to I feel like I always come back to the conclusion to like the what's the word I'm looking for the solution to all of our problems is creating a bit of space for ourselves yeah like creating space is the most important thing that we need to do whether it is to deal with a problem whether it is to give ourselves more time to do a hobby we enjoy to go out to nature whatever it is that creating that space so like you're kind of answering my question already when I'm like how can we raise our energy by creating space getting out in nature and slowing down a little bit and doing yoga I suppose is going to help um, I found another great way, like, cause I would have been quite a negative thinker. Um, I found reading, like I started reading kind of self-development books and, um, it just, and listening to podcasts just absolutely like, actually when I first started out, whose podcast did I listen to a lot? Um, Pat Dively's. Have you listened to the Pat Dively podcast? He's I love amazing. his podcast. He is amazing. And I like, this is a good few years ago now. This is kind of 2019, probably I was listening to him. So kind of earlier days, but Jesus, he's going a long time now. But you know what I mean? And I'm just using him as an example, but listening to podcasts, reading books, surrounding yourself. Another thing my my dad, I remember when I was a teenager, it used to really annoy me. And he used to be like, you know, um, show me, what is he, I'm trying to think what he used to say. Show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. I used to say, it like kind of it you know when I'd be acting up or whatever going out doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing but it's so true like so who you surround yourself with now I'm not saying you throw all your friends away but conscious be conscious of who you're surrounding yourself with and are you making yourself too available to people who are dragging you down yeah absolutely there's um a saying now I can't remember who said it but it's the, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with 
Yeah. And I think that can be quite true because if you look at your kind of close network, again, by no means to be getting rid of people that mean the world to you, but to just have an idea of they are a kind of reflection of who you are and kind of it leads into maybe what you put out, you get back in. But it's really important. I had that conversation with one of my really good friends the other day. Like it is like it should be a lovely honor for people to get to know you and you to get to know them and for people to be in your presence and for you to be allowed in theirs and to just kind of treat that as that really lovely um that really lovely kind of connection and bond and if people aren't kind of serving you and if you aren't good for them to know when to take a step back and yeah. you know and to I think it happens naturally as well. Like I think as you start on your journey of self-development and your vibration starts to raise uh, or starts to rise, should I say, um, I feel like the people like it, that will really, and it's an uncomfortable transition because that will make some people in your life really uncomfortable and w- might say things like, oh, you're changing or, you know, well, like we're supposed to change. It's okay to change. And um, the people who really love you will support you anyway. And suddenly new people will come into your life. Like I said, you know, at the energy that you put out there when you're being your true self, like is amazing how that will connect with other people who are on the same vibration as you. And um, so I think you don't need to be like making a list and be like, right, this person's gone, this person's gone. That I think it just happens naturally. You just be you and the people who aren't meant to be there will fall away naturally. Yeah, 100%. And you wouldn't want to be the the person that you were when you were 16, 17, 18. Not that they were bad people, but it's natural for you to want to be different and to grow and to change. Like I was a completely different person when I was in my early 20s a hundred percent like a completely different person but I didn't know myself I don't think back then and I was trying to be a million different people for a million different people and I I wanted to be what each one wanted me to be and I ended up getting so incredibly lost because I had these six seven eight masks that I would put on almost to be the person that the person in front of me needed me to be wanted me to be and it's just lovely to try and step away from all that fully and just come back to that like I am who I am and I mightn't be everybody's cup of tea but that's a hundred percent okay now and it's less kind of draining to just accept that as you get older than to try twist yourself into something just to get someone else's approval I connect with that so much because like I was the exact same did the exact same the constant need to yeah be everything for everyone and um that it's not selfish to just be like no this is me it's not selfish to say no to certain things it's you know and it can all be done in a very kind way and just being true to yourself like it's just so authentic like and it it, it's contagious as well I think it really um you know, I think it, you're serving a higher purpose by just, you know, honoring yourself and just being yourself. And it's not an easy thing to do. And it's funny, like you've actually blown my mind about the chakras developing as we age, because I don't think that I, the way I'm speaking now, like what age am I now? 37. When I was 27, I wouldn't be able to connect with this because I, I don't, I wasn't developed enough. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, that I had to go through. So like, I think anyone listening who's, you know, maybe still on their journey and well, like we're all still on our journey, but you know, still feeling a little bit lost or, you know, that, or someone who has a particularly in, in inverted commas, bad past that I'm like nothing, like everything is a lesson. Everything is, is part to make us who we are and to, do what we're supposed to be here to do. And you don't need to know what that is yet. Just but but I think just by connecting by who with who you really are and being okay with that is is definitely the place to start. Yeah, a hundred percent. A big thing for me, I know we spoke about it before, was I used to be definitely someone who would be out all the time and I I no longer drink now for the last four years or so, but certain people, myself for sure, would be very um I would be I used to find it so hard with drinking or anything like that, that I would like lose myself in those other types of substances. And 
having stepped away from all that over the last five, six years, I've gotten to know myself a bit more because my body's always on the same kind of even keel and there's no like stimulants bringing me up or down or changing that little rhythm in my body. So I've had time now to get to understand who I actually am on a more like clear level but definitely not to say that to give up drink or anything by no means everything kind of in in moderation or however you like to do but for me that was a huge thing that I I think I eventually needed to do to figure out who I actually was with stripping away all the things that alter like who I actually am you know yeah yeah no I, I totally agree and kind of very much the same for me and I know we did talk about this if anyone is hasn't listened to the original episode it's a much it's much less professional than it is now but it's still very valuable so go back and listen to I think it's episode 10 part 10.1 and 10.2 or something and we do we kind of get really get into that alcohol conversation and how much um that has changed our lives and I'm very careful never to promote oh live an alcohol free life because I I'm also from working with a lot of women I know not everyone drinks the way I used to drink. So, you know, some people are well able to enjoy a glass of wine or two and, you know, not ruin their whole fucking week. Like, so I think that's important to, you know, but it's definitely, I think if, if you're someone that you feel like you're always up and down and it's, it's blocking you and it's stuff, it's definitely worth taking a little break, see how it feels. And like, I've gone periods where I haven't drank and then I've drank and then I'm like, why did I do this? I, I, like, this doesn't agree with me. I put some, and that's okay. Like, you don't have to put yourself into a life sentence, you know, and it's okay to have little ups and downs and just figure out what's right for you. Um, I'm conscious of time, right? Because I know we wanted to talk about the yoga sutras. Now I'm kind of putting you under pressure to like, you know, talk about it in 10 or 15 minutes, but um, don't worry. I just thought maybe we could touch on it a little bit because I know this is what you're um, talking about in class at the minute, because for anyone who doesn't know much about yoga, they might see yoga as just being like a, an exercise, like a physical activity kind of thing. Whereas like, the whole reason why I do yoga is not for that and um, yoga is so much more a way of life so anyway I'll let you talk oh no don't worry so it's this particular term normally within a five-week term I'll have a little bit of a theme and we kind of run the theme through the classes and I think that people have a little bit of an understanding of yoga and yoga philosophy but it is such a huge part of yoga outside of the asana, which is the practice or the postures that we do in the class. So for this particular term, I said, I just slowly introduce the eight limbs of yoga. So they are by a gentleman called Patanjali, and they are the kind of core and the main traditional foundation of yoga philosophy. So it goes back many, many, many years, but the eight limbs of yoga, they are traditionally linked to Ashtanga, which is a beautiful practice that is a practice that is the exact same all around the world. So if you were to do an Ashtanga class here and an Ashtanga class in Greece, it would be the exact same, which makes it so beautiful because you can learn the sequence and in turn it becomes a meditative practice then. But the eight limbs are essentially, they're kind of moral guides and constructs that are there to incorporate into our daily life to allow the practice of yoga to come off the mat as well. So there are things that are called yamas or niyamas, and there's different elements of those that I kind of incorporate or teach at the start of our class. So we'd have, say, in one of the niyamas would be something called tapas. And that is the self-discipline that we bring within our lives. So it can connect itself to so many things, but it is that self-discipline that allows us to maybe set the alarm to get up to go to the gym in the morning. That's something we need to do. Or the self-discipline of going to bed early so that we ensure we get a good night's sleep and we're well-rested. Or it could be the self-discipline of having a healthy, balanced diet and looking after the physical body that we rest within. Or we have elements that would be non-stealing. So when you hear of that, you're like, God, of course we can't steal in life or rob. And that's maybe like an ethical thing that everyone would know. But within the maybe yoga sutras and the eight limbs, 
non-stealing would more so be, say, for example, if you were in a practice, a yoga practice, and you were making maybe lots of noise, distracting the people around you, it would be aware that you potentially would be stealing the opportunity from them of having a restful practice. Or in a friendship, if your friend was to come to you and just want to let out some uh, some worries or to vent and you were there immediately coming in with solutions, potentially you'd be stealing or robbing from them the opportunity or chance for them to resolve their own thoughts and to get to a point themselves naturally. So there's so many points of the Yoga Sutras that are outside of the mat that you can just is that one and two that you're talking about then so the the first one being the discipline I know I'm not using the correct words but not at all don't worry so those particular two are in a set called nayamas so we have eight limbs the first set are called yamas they're like moral codes or compasses and then the second limb is nayamas and there okay. they have those particular ones in, which would be like non-stealing, self-discipline, mm-hmm. the fire in your belly. They're kind of just moral codes to live a more balanced and kind of healthier, happier potential life. Um, another limb would be something called pranayama, and that would be the importance of breath work in the body. So sometimes within our class, we do our two breaths to finish, or I get everyone to kind of tap into a deeper breath. So bringing awareness to that life force, which is essentially the air coming in and out of the body. So they're lovely little guides that you can just take off the mat as well. That's amazing. And um, like, do you want to want to share any more of them? Like, so that's the three. That's three legs, is it? That's three. We have then asana, which is the yoga practice itself. So yeah, it is all of the postures so asana is basically a posture but we would maybe call the postures day to day or movements in the class so that is another one there is another one called pratyama which is I think senses and withdrawal of senses and there's definitely more that I should know in the time withdrawal of withdrawal of senses what does it mean that you take away sense some of your senses so it could be like tapping into all the senses a little bit more so that in our day-to-day life that we're not as much connected to them and yes okay so like for example I remember when I worked with a yoga teacher years ago and she used to get us to go on a v-a-k-o v-a-k something walk but it was like yeah being v-a-g-k-o I think walk so yeah it was like using your your visual auditory yes gustatory um anyway yeah using all your senses so you go on a walk and you'd be like what what am I what can I hear right now yeah what can I and I actually do this on my walks I look like a crazy person down the beach sometimes I'm like walking around I'm looking and I'm like oh look at the lovely birds and I'm looking up at the sky (laughs) and um but like touching the leaves or whatever you know seeing what you can smell and really like when I go for a walk I will never listen to a podcast or music I will always like I use it as my meditation practice and I'll be as present as possible now I'm lucky enough that I live near the sea so I get to go down and walk down the beach and it's really beautiful um and you know if maybe if you're living in the middle of the city maybe it's nicer to put your headphones on so you're not listening to builders and you know whatever else is going on but um you know that that i using the senses like is a it's a really really great tool as well for helping with anxiety i find you know if you're feeling particularly anxious or panicky grounding yourself and like this whole kind of buzzword of grounding actually speaking of you know it was funny I think it was after the interview with you I interviewed Coleman Power um the organic coach uh, afterwards and he was talking about grounding I was like what the fuck is grounding and then I was like I do this anyway why are we putting some funny name trendy name on it like you know where you take your shoes off and you walk in the grass or you you know getting into the sea is grounding basically just touching nature like letting your skin your energy connect with the earth like it's 
So I suppose that's what you're talking about with senses, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a massive buzzword at the moment, grounding. And it's a wonderful thing. And it's so simple as well. I think people sometimes have a tendency to kind of pop it in that little area of like the more kind of woo-woo type things. And they mightn't allow themselves to kind of get to the the kind of almost like the science of what it actually is but it's so good if you're someone who's more anxious and like naturally sometimes in class I'll get you guys to close your eyes down at the start of class and in taking away one of the senses naturally your other senses come alive a little bit more so yeah. you can you're in particular the sense of that you're hearing sound around you you can hear a lot more when your eyes are closed so it just yeah. allows yourself that space again that we talked about and tune in do you know to yeah. tune in and yeah. even from like an energetic little point if you were someone that was to go down to the sea and pop your feet into the sea you're going to be connecting your energy to the bigger source of energy which is the vast body of water so it won't take that long for that that kind of energetic balance to come between yourself and the sea because you're within this huge body of water or if you were to go on a walk in Glendalough this massive natural trees and forestry so they have such a lovely impact just stepping into something that makes you feel like you're much smaller than yeah. everything going on and everything will be okay <laughs> yeah I know you're so like it's so true and like I rely on nature so much as my form of connecting in with myself because I find it hard to lie on my bed or lie on my bedroom floor or sit up and meditate just close my eyes and meditate unless I'm in a yoga class yeah. or a breathwork class because there's just too much going on in my house and my life and my head so I I find just by either getting into the sea which I don't I don't do it in winter anymore because I'm too scared I turned into a was I used to um but you know going for a walk by the sea putting your feet in the water what you know like everything we've just talked about but the, what's really interesting like so anyone who struggles with just keeping your mind still try it just go for a walk somewhere nice it like it is a form of meditation. You don't have to be still like you can be still along the walk, stop along the way. But um, it was actually I was talking to Brezzy about that when I interviewed him. He had interviewed for his podcast and um, he interviewed Deepak Chopra. Wow. Um, yeah, no, he was like, this is a career moment for me. Like he was like starstruck. But he was talking to Deepak. I listened to that podcast as well. But I was talking to Brezzy about the podcast that he had done as well. And at the end of his uh, at some stage in his conversation with Deepak, he talks about meditating off the land and how the that's what the ancient Irish, sorry, the ancient Irish pagans used to do. So that if you're struggling mentally, basically, and actually me and Brezzy finished the podcast on this and it's a really good one to listen to. Um, and he's like, if you're struggling with meditation, you're struggling with stress, just go for a walk by the sea, you know, just go and sit by the sea. And um, he was like, you know, there's something magic in our land. And um, this is what the, this is what our our ancestors used to do. It's what the Irish pagans used to do. They used to meditate off the land before Christianity came to Ireland. And it's funny when I say that in relation to the likes of, you know, like what, how I feel when I'm in like Galway or Dingle or Glendalough or whatever. It's there's probably a little bit of energy coming off the land. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's this wonderful yoga teacher training. It's called Oak and Willow, and it's amazing. But it's that entire 200 hour teacher training is all about the land the Irish land like Celtic heritage and she roots the entire training around that which is huge it's meant to be an unbelievable uh yoga teacher training to do she does it online but it is all connected to that her whole course is around that wow yeah fascinating because I don't and it's funny like when I'm abroad obviously you know I love getting out you know and exploring but I don't feel the connection the same yeah and it's it's the Celtic connection I really think so yeah um but it's funny I feel it stronger in the west coast as well yeah and I don't know is the energy stronger I, I don't it's it's so weird like and I sound like a witch I know okay I think I'm turning into a bit of a witch <laughs> but I love it um but there's definitely definitely like an energy off the land and I think in different places I haven't done a huge amount of travel but you'll like anyone who has will will probably know what I'm talking about if they're anyway tuned in some places 
you're going to feel the energy stronger than others and maybe not because there's not as much energy it's just what what connects with you for whatever reason and for me it's obviously west coast of ireland i suppose that's where my family probably originate from um the west coast of it like generations back so maybe that's it I don't know yeah absolutely Hello, yeah. and people who are from, listening to this from different countries you know that might live in Ireland or live in a country that isn't where they were born might feel that energy when they go back to their homeland where their you know their ancestors were you know it's still I just think it's fascinating yeah it is yeah. it absolutely is I do love I do love Ireland a lot I love that I'm lucky enough to live here it's such a lovely place if only we got more sunshine I know just a little bit more sunshine would be great <laughs> oh Jilly thank you so much for this wonderful conversation today not at all thank you so much for having me on I appreciate it so much and it was absolutely wonderful to speak to you thank you and I think if the like the message to take home from this is to really just be true to yourself like I think that's the the most important thing whatever that means to you some of the stuff we might have talked about today might have been a little bit uh, like I I know I went a little woo-woo with some of the stuff but I think the most important is just leaning into what feels right for you stop trying to be everyone everything for everyone and just you know and watch the magic happen absolutely and if you if you have a body you have a yoga body you have fitness body and to just not wait to start something because the day that you start is the day that you'll look back on and you'll be most grateful that you did it will end up the most important day that you've ever had so even though it will seem like the scariest one at the time it will end up being the most important day that you've ever had yes take this as your sign whatever you're thinking of doing make today your day one Oh, uh, if anyone wants to find you is instagram the best place instagram at the moment is the best place so if you pop in jilly bow yoga i have all my terms and all my yoga classes everything starting uh on that page and i have a little link tree to my website there as well so everything you need is all there amazing thank you so much no problem thanks I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And I genuinely mean that this podcast has become genuinely one of my favorite things to do in my whole business. Um, I love chatting to people, interviewing people, sharing information with you guys. And um, I hope to continue it for as long as I possibly can. Um, So with that in mind, if I could ask one thing from you, it would be for you to share this podcast with anyone that you think might enjoy it so that we can really try and grow it in the year ahead. And let's make 2024 the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast year. So if you could share it in your WhatsApp groups or share it on your stories, tag me as well, please, if there's an episode that you enjoyed. Um, And let's get the word out there. And also what would really help and really helps with the rankings of the podcast is if you had time to leave a little review under an episode that you enjoyed and that would be um, amazing and obviously if you could leave a little um, star rating you know I'm always a fan of getting five stars Um, and that would be really really appreciated and thank you so much and then just in with that in mind I know any of you who have been listening to me long enough will know about my Nourish, Move and Shine program. Nourish, Move and Shine is my baby. Um, And I just want to announce, as I have announced already, the next Nourish, Move and Shine program will start on the 8th of January. Spaces are open now. So you can secure your spot now. Once the places are full, um, enrollment will close and it won't open again until the March intake. So um, the 8th of January, this is your chance um, to get signed up and to start 2024 feeling amazing. I won't get too much into Nourish, Move and Shine because you'll find it anywhere you go on my page, my website. Check out my website, has all the info, but it is specifically designed for busy ladies. Um, so it's about it's a flexible program about fitting it into your lifestyle. So there's no strict regime that you have to follow. It's about taking what you, you need from the program to make it work in your life to help you reach your goals. Um, it's about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. I am all about sustainability. Um, so I'll quickly just list out what's included. Personalized calories and hand portions, food lists, step goals, 
workout programs. So there's at-home workout programs and gym-based workout programs to choose from. So you will have a selection. Uh, Mindset work, app access, WhatsApp group support, one-to-one support through email and WhatsApp with me. Uh, Fun challenges. We do measurements and progress checks every four weeks and you get weekly check-in forms. And the most important part about the Nourish, Move and Shine program that is that even though it is group coaching, you get individual weekly check-ins. So you get all the perks of group coaching and one-to-one coaching for the price of group coaching. So it's €199 for eight weeks. You can sign up on my website or through the link in my bio on any of my socials. And I look forward to working with you this year coming. 